Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, Shami Stovall. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Hello. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. I had to think about my own name more than yours. <laughs> That's like kind of where I'm at today. Yeah. It happens to <laughs> the best night. of us. I tell you, I, I've been pouring myself out for you know, right mo for this new outline. I've been working on this thing for a while, and it was going to be a graphic novel, and then the pandemic hit, and I feel like it just tapped me out last. <laughs> I still have like four <laughs> chapters, but I mean, it's like almost ten thousand words. I busted it out just within the last couple of days, so I'm just like kind of ready, you know, to get it done and set it aside for a little bit, just to kind of recharge there. But I'm so glad that you know I found you on. Facebook and TikTok, uh, you know, checked out your books, bought a couple. Um, I'm really excited to read them. Like I said, I got like four or five books that I got to review first, but um, you're doing some things I got to say that I want to do myself. So I was, you know, really impressed, um, you know, just uh, from advertising aspects, from both the fantasy and sci-fi aspects. I'm like, here's somebody who's doing exactly what I want to do and how I want to do it. So I was so happy, you know, that I messaged you and, you know, we could get you on today um, and get you on sooner rather than later. So I'm like really, really excited to, uh, you know, pick your brain today. Uh, so thank you again for coming. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It's it's awesome to be here. I'm always, always happy to randomly roll onto a podcast, cool YouTube channel, you know, that's how I am. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I don't blame you there. Well, we'll start there with that first question. What has your writing journey been like up until this point? Uh, I guess if we start back from the beginning, you know, way back in the day, uh, <laughs> I used to be a dungeon master for Dungeons oh, and Dragons cool. type of games. And a lot of my friends said that they really liked my games. And um, my eventual husband, he wasn't my husband at the at the time, but my husband he was like man you should totally you should be an author you should write uh so i started writing while i was in law school and mm -hmm. i just showed my books to my friends but a lot of my friends were like these are bangers shammy you should definitely get these out here what are you even doing with your life um and so after i graduated law school i was supposed to be an attorney and I did work in like a drug court for a little while. And technically mm. I interned in a bunch of uh, family law places and stuff like that. But mm. being an attorney sucks. Like it's like the worst thing ever. Um, so I just really hardcore went into authoring. And now that's what I do. My, me and my husband own a, a like a publishing company and we do a bunch of stuff like that. So, um, you know, it was an awkward it was an awkward road here and you know i got student loans that i'm paying off for a career that i never actually went into but it's okay it's all gravy it's fine it's fine we're fine everything's fine here <laughs> i i gotta say as a teacher i definitely understand that i was like had all this money set aside for you know editing and felix and sean t king and then uh you know lost an ac lost a furnace had a baby on the way so yeah <laughs> i definitely understand that and now i'm like oh i kind of wish i had done you know what some of my other friends had done um authors that you know i know who you know in the tech field <laughs> i was like i kind of wish i had done something like that just so i could you know uh, one of them was like oh it's really redundant that's why i like to write and i'm like we get that i get that i'm like my job is never redundant i'm like i Every day is a new adventure. I uh, never know quite what to expect. But uh, yeah, I definitely get that in terms of career wise. But 
Yeah. For someone's asked me that the other day, like, oh, you're, oh, I think one of my coworkers was taking home. It's like, oh, you're, you're just going to go home and relax. Right. I'm like, no, I'm like, I got, I got to get some writing done. You know, I was like, I don't want to do X, Y, and Z the rest of my life. You know, I was like, even if I just make a little bit to not do summer school anymore, I'm like, I'll be okay. Just taking summers off with my son, you know, and writing part of the day, reading, taking him, you know, somewhere adventuring, um, you know, and then just hanging out. One of my friends did that years ago. And now the last 10 years, you know, he's been full-time author and, um, you know, nice. I'm just so jealous of him, you know, getting to do that <laughs> with his son and, you know, have that time and now both, both of his kids now. Uh, so I definitely understand that career wise. So right there with you, my friend, right there with you. Um, so I just want to mention, well, you mentioned, you know, your guys's, you know, company. So, uh, can you just elaborate on that just a little bit for us? Just so, um, we can well, I mean, audience I... information out there. Sure. Yeah. But you know, I went to law school, so I need to use this law degree for something. And what I used it for was setting up an LLC, which is which is actually quite easy. Anybody can set up an LLC in all seriousness, although my husband and I will probably be switching it to an S Corp. But this is mostly like, how do you fill out that fucking paperwork? How do you set up a company <laughs> in the United States? Companies are treated like individuals, so they have their own like, quote, unquote, social security number. It's usually called an EIN or a, a TIN, um, depending on how you set up your taxes. But having a company allows you to um, do company things. I know that's going to sound crazy, but you can have company bank accounts, punk company credit cards. Um, the company assumes the risk. I mean, that's why you have a limited liability company to begin with. If you're sued, technically the company is sued, you know, that kind of thing. Um, legal. It's more of a legal thing. And um it's just nice having it uh i mean i could i could explain for the entire hour of this interview uh how to set up an llc or why it would be important or why somebody should do it but um it's not difficult if if for whatever reason you want to set one up for yourself or like you mentioned you wanted to have like a youtube channel and start making revenue and stuff like that you can make a company that can you know it gets the revenue for you and then you pay yourself yeah. from the company that type of thing well, I just thought it was interesting because um, on Lindsay Broker's podcast with like Joe Lalo and, um, you know, they had a couple other people um, on for a while there um, and like kind of rotating in um, other, um, you know, people that were asking people questions, they had some guest spots, things like that. But um, they were the two that like were really from the start. But it was interesting to me because um, right at the end uh, for their marketing podcast, once they switched it from like fantasy and sci-fi writing, um, but they had mentioned, um, you know, a lot of people went on there and were talking about how they started their own LLC and just different things, you know, um, you know, their, their own press or, you know, whatever, just to get their own books out there just for, you know, those different expenses and things like that. And uh, I was just curious because, um, you know, it's hard to find people that have done that, you know, recently um, within this field. But it, to me, it's always interesting because, uh, my friends and I have talked about that for quite a while, you know, and it'd be nice to put a couple things down as a business expense, you know, uh, all these definitely expensive things you do, particularly for indie publishing. So I always think it's, uh, you know, just an interesting concept. And I think a lot of people now, for some reason, haven't been doing that as far as I know. I don't know a lot of people who have done it in the recent years, but four years ago, that was like something that a lot of indie authors I knew both for fantasy, sci-fi, um, romance, you know, we're doing. So to me, it's always interesting to find somebody else who has had that same idea. So I was just curious. Uh, so we'll go right there with that second question. Uh, and this is my favorite to ask you in particular, uh, what genre or genres do you currently write in and why did you pick those? Uh, well, I write in science fiction and fantasy. Um, if you consider these different genres, 
YA fantasy and lit RPG, you know, like these, but those are usually subcategories of science fiction and fantasy. Uh, and I write in these categories, obviously, because I love them. Um, most authors that I've spoken to all agree that romance is the way to go if you just want to make money, because romance, the romance genre is so big, all the other genres could fit inside of romance. That's how big romance is. That's how much okay. money goes throughout romance. Oh, my God, you could die. You, you could drown in the romance that's out there. Um <laughs> But I don't really read romance. I mean, I've read some romance books. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not even saying it's, you know, like some people are like shame on romance. No, romance is fine. But I grew up loving science fiction and fantasy just to death. And I read and consumed a lot of those books. I think they're really awesome. Um, I'm a big fan of escapist entertainment. I really like thinking about worlds, places, magic, things that are not real. Um, I don't. I don't really want to read a book that's like, whoa, isn't it super sad to be poor? And I'm like, dude, I, I was, that's how I grew up was poor. I don't need to read a book about somebody else being super poor. What the <laughs> fuck? Like, sorry, uh, if you don't want me cursing, I should probably should have <laughs> something like that. Um, but I want fantastical stories where heroes are just, and, you know, the love is true and the villains are evil. I don't, I'm not, you know, maybe all these other people over here wine swirling with all their nuance and all their like, oh, this is so great. I just, I really want a fun, entertaining story. And that's why I write those types of genres. That's why I write the stories I do. Uh, I want to be a merchant of happiness and fun. And, oh, like you that. know, yeah, I don't, I don't make uh, illusions or promises that I'm not going to keep. All my promises are, hey, we're going to have a good time. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I definitely agree there. I think uh, I was just talking to my friend. He's like, what kind of book are you outlining right now? I was like, oh, just something where like, if you didn't have a kid, you could probably sit down and read it between tonight, tomorrow, and like, you know, whatever, Saturday morning, you know, just again, escapism. I, I work with kids. I've worked with kids last like 22 years of my life in either the classroom or in athletics. And, you know, I've I love kids, but I've seen some crazy stuff. I've had crazy stuff happen to me. I've had crazy stuff happen to my kids. And, you know, my wife, she loves Law & Order SVU. And I'm just like, how can you watch that? Because as an educator, half the time, that's our lives. And I'm like, I don't want to be reminded of it. When I get home, I want to go home and play with my kid. And then I want to go read for 30 minutes. And I want to be on a different world. And they might have similar problems, but, you know, there's there's different ways to handle them or whatever, you know. Um, that's why I always like the martial arts action movies, you know. Like, there are plenty of times I wish that I could go and knock that guy who just did that thing <laughs> that was really mean to somebody. You know, I would love to take my foot on this side and put up on that side of his face, you know, like Billy Jack. But I can't. But, you know, in a book, I could totally do that or have characters or you know, whatever. And in life, I feel like it's hard sometimes to see when the good guys win or, you know, good gals win or whoever. But on my in my books or in the ones I like to read, I love when that's the outcome, even if they don't all make it or whatever. You know, I like seeing a good triumph. So Forgotten Realms, I love those books. I think that they did such a great job. You know, there was a lot of uh, depth you in like a lot the of them. But... stuff too? Oh, loved it. Yeah. I love yeah, when yeah. Dritz wins. Yeah. And <laughs> even if you start at the end, I just love, I love when the good guys win, you know, I'm a Paladin fan. 
Uh, love Rangers, clerics. You know, I love the good guys. Love the Punisher. Don't get me wrong, but Captain America is my guy. And the Punisher's you know? good so, too. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm just not like I. You know, I, I enjoy any story. Like, don't get me wrong. If it's a good story, but for my own stuff, like I want to write where the good guys win, and you know, and sometimes the good, good guys or gals or whatever you want to say moniker. But you know, I like them to, you know, to maybe be a little bit better than some of us. You know, just to have that path to follow, so to speak. But you know, I don't, I have my thieves, don't get me wrong. And they get in trouble all the time and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think fantasy is just fantasy. I love sci-fi. I love, and you know, horror is a good one too, but fantasy and sci-fi for me, I consider horror, you know, for me, at least I consider a lot of fantastical elements or, you know, there's sci-fi with the alien or the thing or something like that. So I consider it really fantasy or sci-fi or supernatural in there, but yeah, it's, it's a lot more fun to me than writing fiction. And even if I do some historical fiction stuff, I put in those fantasy elements, you know, and uh, kind of go from there. So I definitely agree with you. It's definitely my jam and it's a lot more fun. So if nobody I, agrees, then you're in the wrong podcast because it's the right, fantasy. Yeah. It's, good, it's always good podcast, to find my but... tribe. huh? So other people yeah, there you go. I'm like, what, what? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's a party. <laughs> That's fair. Well, my friend recently is like, are you reading Lit RPG? I'm like, yeah, I'm reading this one called Homebrew. It's great. I'm like, you know, I just happened just to find it randomly. And I like nice. the cover and I look the layer beyond. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's a new genre for me. But I'm like, it's fancy. So I will definitely read it. So it's a lot more fun that way. Uh, so I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to put some of your books here. But you have so many cool products. Uh, I was kind of wondering, wondering if you could kind of run us through uh, your fantasy and then your science fiction series, because I couldn't pick one or two to talk about. So I thought maybe we could kind of just talk about um, it real quick. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm most known for uh, the Frith Chronicles, which are YA fantasy. I always tell people that they're like a mix between Harry Potter and Pokemon. Because the awesome. series centers around people who bond with magical creatures to get powers. So, you know, if you bond to a unicorn, you might become immune to poison. But if you bond mm. to a phoenix, you could create fire and heal people, you know, that kind of thing. So the powers are based on the actual creature that you are connected to. And the creatures themselves are, you know, they speak, they're they're sapient, they can they can walk around. So when they bond to you, you know, now it's like your best friend forever and you high five and all this other kind of stuff. So the story starts with the main character who wants to bond with uh, Phoenix because the Phoenixes live on his island. Um, now, I mean, I guess this is a spoiler, but it's like a chapter two spoiler. So, but kooky <laughs> shenanigans in entail and he doesn't get to bond with the phoenix and he instead bonds with a nightmare which is like a mm. shadow suit of armor which is why the first book in the series is called nightmare arcanist um everybody who bonds with a creature becomes an arcanist so that's that's where that term comes from anyway it's probably my most popular series it's very very um very adventure very ya you know there's pirates there's evil magical pirates um in the second book the villain is uh the dread pirate Callisto, and he's bonded to a manticore, you know, so he's an evil, mm. spoopy pirate. Um, it definitely becomes like a whole, a whole adventure. It's a completed series through eight books. Um, but to this day, I still get people being like, oh, wow, you know, I, I found you through the Frith Chronicles. And now I read all your stuff because I, I love those. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And you know, I'm happy. I, I keep getting things for that series. So recently I got like posters and pins and I did a Kickstarter for some special editions of the 
books and and that re went really well so people really really like i mean i really like it so i'm glad they do super fun fantasy adventure and that entire series is just a whole bunch of stuff i super love either from pokemon or digimon or monster rancher or you know all these fun fantasy stories that i used to read back in the day like dragon riders of pern like there's like a million oh, yeah. things that are like whoa and then you bond with the creature and then you had a fun time and i'm like man i can't wait to write something like that um <laughs> So that's probably what I'm most known for and my biggest fantasy, but I also have a degree in history and one of the other fantasy series I wrote mm -hmm. was the Ethereal Squadron, which is Secret Sorcerers in World War One. Um that's cool. I you know, I've also written Lit RPG, which was the Nexus games. So one of the other things that I super love, just an unreasonable amount of, is like Warhammer 40k. Oh yeah. And and like death games, hunger games type of type of crazy shenanigans. Um, and the Nexus games are just my love of all those things squished together. So it's definitely high fantasy, high tech. So there's like a machine dragon. Um, main character is on Earth, but gets sucked into fantasy world of the Nexus games. And he has to compete in a bunch of death games with a whole bunch of, you know, magic and weaponry. He is a special forces agent, so he knows a lot of weaponry, so he's okay with fighting in a death game. But then all of the individual games that he has to participate in are based off of uh, video game style things, like escort oh, cool. quests, collectathons. I don't know if you're a big video game fan, but uh, if you are, you should at least recognize some of those quest style stuff. Um, those are the types of things he has to go through, but they're, they're death games. You know, if he doesn't collect all the things within a certain amount of time, they'll die. If he doesn't escort the person from point A to point B correctly, they die, you know, like that kind of thing. So it's fun. It's kooky. It's definitely more in the fantasy than sci-fi realm. I love it, but it's definitely, it's a harder sale. You know, n normally when I say, Oh, I wrote the fifth Chronicles, it's like Pokemon, Harry Potter. People are like, oh. and I'm like, okay, yeah, there you go. And then when I tell them about the Nexus games, and I'm like, it's actually one of my like favorite series to write because it's so kooky. And they're like, that sounds awful. I don't want to read that. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not entirely true. I have fans of the Nexus games, but less fans of the Nexus games than something like Frith Chronicles. Um, and I have had people be like, I don't, I don't like video games. I don't like the sound of that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So interesting. First. Maybe you lost it when they said escort quest. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, nobody wants an escort quest. Um, <laughs> and the sci-fi stuff, the one that I just came out with was the Half-Life Empire. And that's more like a post-apocalyptic, like Fallout style world. Um, where we had so aliens come to Earth, uh, have alien tech, you know, space tech type stuff. Humanity gets elevated up. Well, like we have cool things like power armor, spaceships, you know, that kind of stuff. But then we have a nuclear war, which obviously puts us in this post-apocalyptic time frame. And so after a period of like a forever winter type of thing, that's where the story picks up. Main character is living in this wasteland, but the wasteland is actually filled with a bunch of really cool things again like power armor and other stuff like that because of the war and she's looking for an underground bunker so that that it has like an underground greenhouse and all these like like it's a sanctuary underground that's free from all the fallout free from raiders and people that are up on the surface um that's what she's searching for that's the half-life empire and the last series that sci-fi that i wrote is starmark and starmark is about a criminal living on a space station who gets picked up by 
basically a mercenary company like uh, that go around doing police work and he joins this spaceship because the captain is so cool and the captain's like hey man join join my crew we're gonna be really cool together on this cool spaceship and he turns it around he becomes a good guy it's more like a redemption arc because of he's on this spaceship um, I can't really say anything else without crazy spoilers, and I guess the fun of Star Mark is the twist. So, and then a twist happens. So, you know, if you thought all that <laughs> other stuff was fun, then a twist happens, then the story gets gets uh, gets real. And I have a, people who like that series too, but obviously, but I wrote that a long time ago, and I released the sequel like years after the first one, and you know, in the indie book community they're like that's a no-no because people have forgotten you already and i'm like oh, okay um but i it's my favorite sci-fi series so i read it real slow um mm. i have one more book to release in it super love it uh yeah i think i've covered most of everything i've known for <laughs> <laughs> um you know boom like <laughs> <laughs> <Drop>. yeah <laughs> Well, I gotta say, I don't know if I've ever had one person say so many words on here that like were keywords where like <laughs> I could just use it in like a commercial or advertisement. <laughs> like um, Well, at a certain know. at a certain point. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> when, when you gotta market yourself constantly, or people are like, give me an elevator pitch. And most of the time people are like, What's your book about? And they just want a singular they want a singular yeah, sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want, you know, like a thing that's like, What is this book? And I'm like, it's like this. And then and I get out of there, you know, oh. like that kind of thing. Um, not because I don't want to talk about my books, but because my mouth words are not as good as my word words. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like I wrote, I I wrote the book that. with all the cool words in my head. And then when you're like, <laughs> man, tell me about the book. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you should read it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Summarizing it makes me feel awkward. Um, yeah, yeah. It is an interesting so. thing, though, right? To have to like write out something you know, however many thousands of hundreds, you know, thousands of words, sometimes hundreds of thousands. I had a friend who's like, yeah, 250,000 words. Now I got to write a blurb. And like whoever who was helping him was like, yeah, three sentences on the back or something for his whatever advertisement on Amazon or whatever. And he was like, I can't do it. It's 250,000 words. Uh, and his was like a very unique idea for Epic Fantasy. So I can, I can definitely understand that. But yeah, but I, I just think it's going to be funny when we do our, we're like doing an advertisement for the channel. So you'll see yourself a couple of times in there where you're like magic pirates, uh, you're magical pirates. And then you're like Pokemon and everything you're like uh, companions. So you'll see a couple of things in there because uh, that is a really good uh, moniker and, you know, showing what the channel's about and who's on. So that's awesome. But uh, those all sound I awesome. <laughs> I just, at any time, I just think, uh, I don't know, I your Half-Life Empire to me just sounded so cool. Um and kind of do it I, I was kind of like could say similar but um like i do have power armor and big guys in big suits kind of specific <laughs> rim style but not as big but um just doing different stuff but i just i always think it's so cool i don't know if you've ever seen the it was like an old cartoon it's like exo like exo where they had like the suits and it was like a cartoon i don't it's know but it was like so Gundam? cool Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like an American one. And um, yeah, it wasn't in space, but it was like or anything. But like they didn't go anywhere outside the atmosphere. But it was just so cool. Uh, but they had like mech suits for like the military, essentially. Uh, but it was like set in the future. And it was just really cool. And then as a kid, like I loved it. I loved there was like a game 
uh, and then like a little handheld one. And then um, the toys were amazing. Uh, and that like always really stuck with me as an adult Gundam, you know, I was really into for a long time. Um, yeah. Have you ever uh, I, watched never left, so. Yep. 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 Um, I don't think I watched that one actually tight. Met a friend in college who was like, dude, come on over. And that <laughs> I really loved Escaplone. Like, that was oh my god, that and Bleach were like his thing. Um, but yeah, it was super cool. But yeah, I did, but th- those those are always things that really stuck with me. So I was like, I got to write something like that at some point. So when I, you know, saw your book and in particular the cover, I was like, this is definitely my thing. So I immediately Excellent. went to the blurb and bought it. So I'm really excited to to read it and then to have you on again and pick your brain and. Uh, dissect it so I always like to talk to authors first uh, get the sneak peek and then read um, I found that I know a lot of people do it in reverse but um, either way I buy the book and review it but um, for me it helps so much more as a writer and I find I enjoy the book more as a reader um, so it takes me a little bit longer but it just it, it just I find that I personally enjoy it so if anybody wants to try it that way feel free to start your own podcast and do right. it the hard way <laughs> um, but yeah it's super super cool um but it's just interesting like i said you know when i saw you know i can't remember which of your books i saw first and then i was like oh that's really cool i was like oh that's really cool and then i think i followed you on tiktok i go that's even cooler so um but it's just interesting to you know to see how for me like how you've marketed you know your sci-fi and your fantasy uh but i still think you have like uh to me you know you still have a particular style or taste you know and for me i'm like oh nexus games looked really cool so you know there's book one um, you know, and, you know, we're talking about escort class or, you know, anything like that. And like, oh, that sounds awesome. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but I thought you did a really good job with the blurbs in particular. Um, and then I really, you know, I'm not a big review person. Uh, I usually just go to a blurb. Uh, and if I like the cover and the blurb and, you know, the person's social media is feel like, you know, I like what they got or what, it, you know, how it looks or, you know, the taste or the mood or tone or whatever, um, then I'll buy the book and then read the book. So, um, but yeah, I thought that you had some really cool stuff. So um, awesome. I was really excited to, uh, to check out your website and particularly your TikTok. Um, so yeah, really, really cool stuff. So I'm just uh, want to say that to the audience, you know, if you want to see, in my opinion, somebody who's doing it right, here we go. So make sure you're checking out the description and Woo. taking a look at those socials. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. I did the advertisement thing. I pointed down yeah, and I said yeah, it yeah. and pointed somewhere on the screen. <laughs> Box we'll go up, we'll go down. Yeah. <laughs> My friend was like, we're going to add some aerials in the future. I was like, that would be really cool. Um, oh, but that's awesome. <laughs> Maybe we'll add one of your, uh, you know, um, people from uh you know half-life empire and the like shoot or something <laughs> right uh, yeah really cool. <laughs> full-blown animations you guys are really stepping yeah, up yeah, your yeah. game <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome um so this is one that i'm i'm always interested for somebody like yourself though you know who writes you know whether or not it's within you know lit rpg in terms of fantasy or you know going into this part of the sci-fi um but i'm curious do you find it easy to switch between fantasy and sci-fi or do you have some challenges in terms of writing in those different genres? Well, I mean, the different genres have different uh, struggles in them, if that makes any sense, normally in a fantasy world. Um, I'm relying a little bit more on my history degree to build uh, nations, borders, things like that. Making up a magical system is also, you know, kind of wholesale or from myths or, you know, in my in my experience, creature myths and stuff like that. Um, Science fiction typically is based in real world, you know, science, 
hypotheses. Uh, and I, from my experience, if you write those things poorly in science fiction, all of the readers will get upset. You know, I can't, <laughs> I can't in science fiction be like, ah, he, he can use these epic powers because he's got an extra chromosome. You know, <laughs> like maybe that sounds good on paper, but anybody who knows anything about chromosomes is going to be like, dude, if you've got an extra chromosome, you've got Down syndrome. You don't have fucking telekinesis. What the hell? Um, so then everybody's enraged. You know, you can't just make up stuff like that. Whereas a lot of the time in fantasy, it's not making up. It's just justifying, but usually in a way that you've also created. Like, hey, the human soul uh, creates magic when you're bonded to a creature. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And, and in yeah. universe, when I say that, it can work in universe because I don't have to back this up with some sort of science. I just have to be consistent. Internal consistency is the struggle for fantasy. Whereas external <laughs> consistency is the struggle for science fiction. You have to be externally consistent with what the actual real world gives you in limitations. And in fantasy, you've got to be consistent within your own world. So switching between writing sci-fi and fantasy is easy so long as I'm not dealing with these consistency issues, quote unquote. Mm. If I get to a point in sci-fi where it's like, well, now I have to talk about poisonous gas and how most poisonous gas is odorless and colorless and you could just be in a room and then just die you know so how does the main character get around that now i've got to do a whole bunch of research about gas how they've dealt with that in the past what exactly <laughs> goes into making a gas mask you know like something like that yeah, yeah um whereas in fantasy sometimes i'll be writing and i'll be like okay gets into a room and this guy's got lightning magic what have what have i said about lightning magic like, what about people who have bonded with this type of dragon? What are their limitations? So now I have to go back. So in sci-fi, I've got to research fucking gas masks and actual gas. And in my fantasy, I have to go back and research my own books and be like, what the f what did I say about this dragon before? Um, so really, the writing process is very similar. It's just slightly, slightly different where I'm getting some of my information from. Um but I, you know, I tell adventure stories, whether or not I'm writing fantasy or science fiction. So a lot of the yeah. times, a lot of the beats are the same, you know, um, yeah. the first act needs to end on a, a pretty powerful hook, you know, a point of no return. The second act has to have these like mountains and valleys where we're escalating the stakes. And the third act has to have the crescendo, you know, things like that. So even if I'm writing sci-fi, even if I'm writing fantasy, they have the same skeleton in terms of, I really, really like the 3X structure. So a lot of my stories uh, adhere pretty closely to 3X structures type of stuff. I really love endings. If the ending isn't bombastic, why are we even here type of thing? So yeah. even in my sci-fi, bombastic endings, my fantasy, bombastic endings. I You've got to remember it. you got to read it. And it's got to end in such a way that's really entertaining. Um, so yeah, that's my answer really is just whether or not you're going to be internally consistent or externally consistent. That's a good one. I, I really want to get a t-shirt for you now where you're like, I'm the bomb diggity bombasticist. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the graphic's going to be, but it's going to be That's good. okay. I just um, call myself the queen of hyperbole because uh, most awesome. of the time I'm over here, yeah. I'm over here saying crazy, crazy things, but I normally have a pretty laid back and chill demeanor. So a lot of, a lot of people are like, oh, shit. What did you just say? The queen of hyperbole? And I'm like, yeah, word hyperbole, not physical hyperbole. Just yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> that's funny we've been talking for a while about going back through and making different t-shirts for different seasons so at some point <laughs> we'll have to do something so nice. um like no but i just i i mean i totally agree with you there i it's funny because my friend he asked me the other day he asked me this question like two weeks ago um because i I don't know, like, uh, so him and I have read a lot of, like, all of Kevin Hearn's um, Iron Drew Chronicles books, and Kevin does a great job explaining how somebody could um, do multiple things um, by having these different headspaces, and uh, he has his druids where they train themselves on one headspace, two, three, and four, so that I can um, do combat magic, right, so that I can, you can cut me and I bleed, but I can still perform my spell. Um, and he does it to great effect. And my friend's like, you know, he asked me about it one day. He's like, how do you do this? I'm like, you know, I'm like, I I'm like to me, it's like characters are talking to me in different headspaces, you know? So like you're one character from sci-fi and then he's over here from my fantasy or whatever. And you know, it's all, it's like a different person. I'm a teacher. So maybe this is part of my skill, you know, is remembering what people have told me, uh, you know, and then remembering that person's history and things. So for me, it's like, I'm talking to different people, but I talked to my friend recently, uh, who's an author. And um, he said like, you know, he almost has like a different headspace between fantasy and sci-fi. And I find it easier to switch gears because I'm just talking to different people. Kind of, and he has a little bit harder time. Like it takes him longer. I could go home tonight, finish up, you know, this, fantasy outline and uh, which is like a dark fantasy i could go over here to my sword and sorcery and then i by the end of the night could be in you know and working on these big bug aliens of course i have to have them uh you know for my mech warrior series uh so i just always find it interesting when you know how people do that uh because i've been asked that quite a bit recently uh, and i know a lot of people that would like to do multiple genres i think that's another thing we're told too with indie right like you have to stick to one genre or else but i i feel like you know I want to do what you do. You know, I want to just like, you know, I want to write what I want to write and then be like, oh, it's a little RPG. Oh, it's this or it's that or whatever, you know, uh, because I think those are the stories that people are going to want to, you know, want to read. And like you said, you know, you're like, oh, I have people for the Nexus games over here. I have people for these over here, you know, um, maybe they don't, you know, cross pollinate, but, you know, you got them. So I just think that that's an interesting thing always to point out for the audience as well, because I think sometimes they're told a certain thing all the time, you know, and I know people too with indie, you know, community that have done the complete opposite or, you know, done what you've done and, you know, done really well and had a good time doing it. And I just think if you're not having a good time doing it, why do this crazy thing, you know, and spend all this time and energy on it. So, right. uh, but yeah, I just think it's interesting, but well, that was a great answer. I like that one. Um, yeah, I was just curious because like I said, you know, it's hard to find people that do both, you know, some sort of genre for fantasy uh, and sci-fi. It just seems like more people are sticking to one thing which is totally fine but that's not what i do so i was just definitely curious at what your experiences hmm. were there but um i was curious uh just going back kind of like you know, kind of going off that answer do you take similar or different steps when you world build so you talked about internal and external uh but you know in terms of thinking about those things once your story gets going and plot but like you know when you're actually building the worlds i was just curious is that how you take it then like you're thinking of like the magic system as like the, like internal for the fantasy and then think of the, those external forces for sci-fi i was just curious at what your differences were uh in terms of building and fantasy versus a sci-fi world well, in terms of like things for the Half-Life Empire, I, I just use actual real world Earth. So and that's why I say it's a lot more external as opposed to internal. I just took yeah. Earth. We're on Earth. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't have to make up Earth. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, 
the things I make up in science fiction are extrapolations. Like, what if the United States collapsed due to nuclear winter, you know? Mm. But I'm still using landmarks, you know, like the Appalachian Mountains or or, or things like that that are, are real world. I'm just taking them, putting them into my book, using them. Whereas, again, in fantasy, I make up those types of things. Now, maybe I base them on real stuff, like, oh, the Mediterranean yeah is a type of sea that has you know certain types of currents it also has the sirocco winds from the sahara that rush over it occasionally you know what i'm saying so sometimes yeah i might put something like that into a book where i'm like oh look i've got a really large sea and uh, hot winds uh, rush over because of the uh, the desert that's over here and obviously i just lifted that from real life you know what i'm saying but <laughs> i get to make it and as long as i'm internally consistent who gives a shit but in science fiction, I have to use the external rules. I can't. I can't be like we're on Earth and then be like, ah, but there's only five continents. Because people would be like, well, what the fuck happened to the other two continents? And I'm like, oh well, the moon exploded. You know, again, when you say stuff like that in science fiction, everybody's like, that you can't. The moon can't explode. Okay, all of Earth would be completely destroyed. Nobody, human beings, wouldn't be living here anymore. Like the popcorn uh, method, right? Like you screw yourself over. My friend said that he's like, I said this. And then they're like, what about this? He goes, so then I wrote this. He goes, now I just screwed myself over because I just had to keep adding all these external reasons for X, Y, and Z. So Yeah. So um, again, science fiction has all this external consistency and you just have to make sure that you're consistent with real world stuff. Um, and, and then you're okay, quote unquote. <laughs> you can continue <laughs> with your story at that point and nobody's going to be too upset. Um but, you know, I guess for world building, that's that's the, the bigger difference. It's the exact same as I just said before. You just, you know, with science fiction, you got a world build where you take stuff from the real world, you know, use it. And in fantasy, you, you kind of build from the ground up. But a lot of the times the building blocks are based on things in real life. I mean, I know that some people are like, I'm going to do something kooky. You're, you've never seen this before, you know, like that kind of thing. But even then, it's still kind of based on real world phenomenon but yeah interesting uh, i was just curious like when you talked about you know like the alien tech and you know different things like that like how did you i was just curious for the half-life empire like how you approached the um the differences you know in terms of technology between ourselves and um you know like this i was assuming advanced civilization uh so just kind of curious that like kind of how you added some of those external elements and i would say some of those fantastical elements to your sci-fi um, I guess this is where it gets a little easier because when you have alien technology, uh, there are some points in the novel where it's like, wow, the aliens, they had this power source, a damn near, you know, infinite power source that does this thing. How does that work? I don't know. It's alien, you know, like that kind of thing, <laughs> because it's a, it's a wasteland. It's a apocalyptic wasteland. So there are a few instances of that. Not many, because I went out of my way to describe a lot of the batteries is using fission technology. Um, so one of the main things that happens in the book is that she gets a fission battery and so she needs to protect it. But also it's a very dangerous item because it's a fucking fission battery, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, but it creates a lot of power so people really want it. Uh, I use a lot of the like, I made the aliens very alien. They don't have eyeballs so they don't use a lot of stuff via sight. Uh, they have to touch it so a lot of stuff is very tactile. Um, as long as you are touching it, you can use it type of thing. Mm. So I do that to give it an alien feel, but otherwise just make advanced 
things. Um, like they don't like the alien ships don't have lights or other things like that on a ship. So now mm. it feels very, very alien because you're like, wow, yeah, it's yeah. fucking pitch black in here. Um, but the aliens <laughs> don't need to see. So why would they ever install light bulbs? You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, they have very standard or what I feel like is very standard science fiction things you know they have spaceships they can travel faster than light which is the really big problem in science fiction worlds or universes like how do, how do we go faster than light are we folding space are we you know is there some sort of warp drive is there some sort of wormhole um does the emperor use psychic power to let us fly super fast you know like that kind of thing um and so the aliens have that type of tech when they come to earth but again I made it feel alien in some ways. And then later when we're finding alien artifacts, quote unquote, or like power suits and stuff like that, that are meant for aliens. Um, I can get away or have like a hand wavium of like the aliens were really advanced. So they, the, the suit is still powered 20 years later, even though, you know, human <laughs> technology and most power, you know, batteries are not going to last 20 years and still be totally active for a fucking, you know, power suit. But this is different because it's alien. It's alien tech. Pew, 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 pew. You know, like that kind of thing. Um, Makes total sense. Yeah. So uh, really, it's just it's just a combination of, of combining sci-fi elements with what I feel like are story elements and giving the aliens a very alien feel. Hopefully I answered that in a non-rambly way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. There was some great stuff there. I always take these later on and I just find it interesting. I always say to people like, you know, I just was saying this at my job. I was like, uh, the best things I do are like kiss, like keep it simple, stupid. And it's funny because I always find the most, the best ideas, which to me, your aliens would feel very alien, not using sight because we use our sight so much. And I would say more than, you know, maybe we need to sometimes, you know, um, and we rely on it a lot. Right. So to me, like, that's, I don't know. That's like such a simple idea, but used in the way that you used it, it's so cool and unique. Um, and I think a lot of people now use like the predatory alien more, if that makes sense in a lot of things, um, oh, okay, you know, where yeah. sight is a really big deal or a smell, you know what I mean? Like those are the two senses I think that, you know, um, people tend to use more, you know, um, but still I would say sites, the number one, you know, that, that they use. So for you to take that away, like, that's really cool. Um, and I, and I feel like that would feel very alien, you know, being in their technology and not having lights, because that's like one of those psychological things for us, right. Is having the light and, you know, mm -hmm. that helps us with so many things. So I think that would, that's the easiest way to make it feel alien, I think, is to take away the lights and the need for them. So that's like super, super cool. So I'm always thinking about that for my own writing, you know, like what's something I can do that's, you know, just, just cool, you know, not even unique because so many things have been done, but like, what's just cool or interesting in my world, you know, I don't want to have to build a hundred thousand things, Well, it's just something that I can change one minor thing to give that type of feel that you're talking about, um, you know, to, to make it feel alien or to, you know, put these people in this place and to do this thing. Uh, so I think that's super cool, but yeah, that's a great answer. Uh, so I was curious in terms of, uh, like just in terms of like writing strategies and tools, um, you know, do you pretty much just use the same, uh, like writing tools or, you know, strategies, uh, for writing both fantasy and sci-fi, or do you mix it up a little bit? Um, you know, um, you know, you talked to, you know, 
quite a bit about internal and external, um, you know, differences, but and I'm just curious if there's anything that you do in particular, that's different. Um, you know, like, do you uh, use one particular, like I use a fantasy name generator for both fantasy and sci-fi stuff <laughs> or real world stuff. I love that website. I love that it's free. If they ever make me pay for it, I will pay for it. But uh, I was just curious if you ever used any different tools or strategies based off of the genre that you're uh, currently writing. Um, I guess if you're looking for like the names of tools, like fantasy name generator or something like that, what do I use on a, on the daily? The only thing that I constantly recommend to people um, is naturalreaders.com. Mm, okay. Um, it's just, it's a website that you put in your, the stuff that has been written and it just reads it back to you. I mean, there's probably oh, a lot of cool. other programs that do that for you as well. This one just makes it really easy because it highlights the words as it goes type of thing. Yeah. Um, I think most word processing or word Microsoft word programs now have like a, it'll read it for you type of feature, but I use that program all the time. It's mostly just because when it reads it back to me, I can catch really bizarre writing problems like you know they walked into a huge room where there was a huge pillar and a huge ceiling and everything was so huge that it totally blew his mind and i'm like how did he use fucking huge four times in one sentence you know what i'm saying <laughs> like what's wrong with you uh and when it's read back to me it's very easy to catch whereas it's not as easy to catch when i'm reading it additionally yeah. when it's read back to me i can catch some of my really awkward writing you know, where I just, I wrote a sentence, but it was, it was half a sentence at best. You know, it was more like a dead <laughs> sentence where it's like, oh, what happened here? A homicide. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, that's the only tool I guess I could articulate and give you a name and be like, this is the one I use. Otherwise, I just use Microsoft Word. I, um, I already told you I was a really big fan of the 3X structure and I use it for every story, whether it's fantasy or sci-fi. <laughs> Yeah. um that's not like a program i use for that i just read a bunch of stuff about 3x structures uh i used to teach a few classes about how to outline in 3x structures i did that okay. for a while um people found that really helpful but that's just the thing now i've internalized you know like yeah. uh, you know how you know english and you don't need to be studying english or use you don't have an english dictionary on the you know, on your fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. uh counter um that, that's how i feel about the three x structure it's like yeah i know english and i know the three x structure <laughs> it's my other language um so that's it i feel like i'm not very fancy um I'm not one of the cool yeah, i think kids. that's i think that's really <laughs> i think it's helpful though like and i i don't know why i never thought about this um but you know i don't know why i never thought about it but now you just made me think about it like cultural diffusion right where maybe if I had a different story or different names or things, you know, like just hearing those, you know, pronounced out loud, you know, even if it's just with AI or, you know, one of these softwares or apps, you know, just maybe just hearing it might make me think differently about it. Right. And I know that I tend to pick names differently for fantasy and sci-fi, um, whether it's people or places or worlds or you know, or whatever. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious now. Now you have me worried. I feel like I need to hear them out loud for something <laughs> else or somebody else to see if it even remotely makes phonetic sense. <laughs> but I think that's one I always forget about is the audio. Like I'm always doing, you know, so many other things or having somebody else read. But yeah, I haven't really considered the audio uh, in a while. So I need to kind of go back and do that. So I think that's a really good one there. That's awesome. Uh, and I think a lot of people in the audience would actually really find that helpful too, who have not done that before. So 
All I know right, a lot of people don't like to read themselves. <laughs> so it's not not anything crazy. I, yeah, you yeah. know, it's not like a hidden. It's a good idea, though. <laughs> it's not like a hidden <laughs> secret. It's just a normal ass <laughs> free application. It was almost like it was almost like too much online. You know, like I've looked up that stuff before, and that never popped up for me. You know, so maybe maybe some people like that how it does it, you know, or says it or whatever. I don't know more than Microsoft word or something like that Microsoft word with the audio. It drives me nuts. I don't think that that oh, okay, reader yeah. can read. I don't think that reader can read real good. So it's got to drive me nuts. <laughs> He's trying his yeah. hardest or it's he trying really his is. hardest. Uh, yeah. 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 They're, they're doing the best, but yeah. So, and then sometimes people, you know, if you're reading a long book, I had a friend who they actually picked a couple of different readers and they had one where I think they paid where you could get a different voice reading and that helped them out a lot too, uh, particularly you know, when they had like two products uh, or two, yeah, two books back to back that were like two epic fantasies or something near that or military sci-fi and epic fantasy. He's like, I can't listen to the same program anymore. So he found one that you're able to switch it. So, which I'm like, I don't blame you. Cause that's like almost, I think he had almost 3000 words. So I'm like, that's a lot to hear the person be like the planet was <laughs> just kind of go from there. But um, if, if you had to pick one of your characters to fight from your fantasy novels or one from your sci-fi ones, which two would it be and why? You mean like to fight if you had each to pick other? one from each? Uh, yeah, like if you had to pick one from fantasy and one from sci-fi and then fight each other, like what would be the best, like the best fight you could imagine, basically? Um, and it has to be one from fantasy and one from sci-fi. I don't care. Just pick two characters. That's okay. fine. I didn't think of that. That's much better. Uh, well, like, yeah, what two cause... characters do you want to see fight? <laughs> fight, fight, fight. Uh, um, the main character for my Frith Chronicles and the main character for my Astro Academy at least are mm-hmm. in the same fantasy world where they have the same style of fantasy powers. And I would like to see Volk and Grey, who are the names of those two main characters, fight each other. That would be fun and entertaining. The problem with the sci-fi guys is that, you know, when compared to fantasy world where fantasy people have like an instant death touch or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the sci-fi? What is he going to do? Yeah. So I'm like, he automatically loses. Um, Or in the sense of the Half-Life Empire, even if you are in power armor or something. um, I mean, maybe power armor. Not really, though, because I mean. There's a creature in my first chronicles that has like teleportation. What, oh, what are you cool. supposed to do about that? You know what I'm saying? Or yeah, can manipulate yeah. gravity. So I guess you're you're fucked now because you're in you're trapped <laughs> in power armor. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but yeah, I, I, guess, I guess the answer is Volk versus Gray because that would be the most interesting fight. Um, oh, everything cool. else would be like a one-sided fist fight, like punching a baby in a stroller. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? yeah yeah i do that all the time so i totally get that so punching yeah. babies and strollers <laughs> yeah it's only in strollers though only in strollers yeah. though uh but it's just interesting i had a friend ask that a while back uh on a podcast and then the author uh, the author that answered it she was like oh i have this like she picked like a sci-fi like person and it was like this alien with like uh oh like what's his name from oh uh, the guy with like four arms for mortal Kombat, and he's like one of those aliens but like their bones are really dense, kind of like the fork of the sail from like Nails in Book of the Fallen. Um, and she's like, 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 like a monk essentially. Like, and it was, it was just so cool, like how she had written like those aliens in that particular character. And I was like, yeah, I can't really see anybody from her fantasy like 
at least her fantasy beating him. Uh, so it's just like really cool. So I, I was, I was curious, maybe at some point we'll do uh character beat downs or something on the channel. There you like go. Superhero. Yeah. Character versus <laughs> character. That's always fun. Yeah. 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 It'd be cool. I just want to get somebody to animate some of that stuff. I think it'd be awesome, but all right. So we're going to that last question there. Um, do you have any news updates or current projects that you can share with us at all? Uh, yeah, I uh, just had two books release, um, The Half-Life Empire and The Crown Tournament. Um, the Half-Life Empire is obviously a post-apocalyptic. Crown Tournament is like a gigantic fantasy battle arena tournament. It's just the tournament arc made into an entire book, um, which is a lot of fun. You know, like I, I love that kind of stuff. I love tournament arcs. Uh, competitions in general, I'm clapping hard for. Um, yeah. I'm currently doing my Astra Academy series, which is, um, more in this arcanist world. So it's Harry Potter mixed with some Pokemon. If anybody is interested in that kind of stuff, I'm currently in the midst of writing it. Um, but there's three books deep. So, it's, you know, almost fourth book. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I, I'm current, I constantly do writing in all seriousness. If you want any sort of books or news or stuff like that on all my social media which i try to be on every social media i'm on tiktok i'm on facebook i'm on the reddits you know the twitters or x or whatever the hell they call it these days doing yeah um <laughs> so i try to be on all those i try to update uh, everybody as much as possible i have a newsletter i write that that's all i do is for my job and i write all the time and i super love telling stories i can't wait to get I have a million stories trapped in my head and it's slow going getting them not trapped in my head. So, Fair. but I'm doing it as fast as I can. Uh, the final Nexus games should be coming out soon and starting next year, I think I might even have an urban fantasy series. So, you know, oh, that's cool. Just, just kill me now. I can't, I can't possibly keep up with all the writing, but I'm going to try really hard because I really love writing. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, just to, for our audience, you know, just make sure you are checking out the description. You can find all the social links, book links, all that fun stuff. If you're new, if you have been around the podcast for a while, you know exactly what to do and where to go. Um, we also put our Facebook uh, podcast group in there as well in case everybody wants to join. We'll be doing some giveaways and things like that um, in the group. And we'll be doing that for the channel really soon as well. But we're doing those currently for the Facebook group. Um, but thank you again for coming on. I just I love looking at your covers. I love your blurbs. I can't wait to read your books. I probably spent way too much day one on them, but there's a few that I didn't grab. And I had a friend just give me a gift card recently. So I'm like, so excited to go through my car. Oh, you're way too uh, good to me. Thank so you. <laughs> I I really liked, I just really like, you know, just like your overall aesthetic for everything. And, uh, you know, when we tell people to brand themselves on here, I just I like how you branded yourself and your different series, um, especially, you know, your newest one. That was just such a cool cover and like concept and even I just the color scheme. Uh, I really like they pop, you know, and see them on Kindle. Um, you know, cause I'm not seeing them in paperbacks. I'm seeing you online. And I just think that, you know, it, it's grabbed my attention, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I've seen your book shared quite a few times, you know, um, recently. Um, so it's really nice to see, but, uh, you know, we always talk on here about self-advertising, you know, and I think you're doing a great job self-advertising just with the covers and blurbs and things. So uh, I love good. your TikToks and social media. So, yeah. So if anybody wants to check out somebody that's doing it right. All right, here you go. Uh, again, 
click on the description. I'll add the Mech Warrior people uh, or, nice. you know, some cool side effects later and it'll be really neat. But thank you so much again for coming. You know, I look thank forward for to me. seeing what you have. In. Yeah, anytime, anytime you want to come and, you know, talk about cool things, let me know and we'll get you back on. So, but Excellent. I hope you have a good rest of the day and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Have fun. See you later. <laughs>